Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey y'all, welcome into Dog Walk Talk. It is draft week, very special week for Georgia football every year, but this year it seems like it's a little bit extra, guys. Palmer Toms, Jake Roos joining me as always. Fellas, uh, I'm excited. I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited to see where all these guys go. Um, I feel like it's an extension of how special Georgia's football season was and really uh, could be a, a sign of things to come for the program. What are y'all looking forward to this week? I'm really looking forward, I think, most to how this week impacts what's going to happen moving forward. Um, because I, I've told people for a long time now, I really think this draft, what happened at the Combine, I mean, national championships are great, uh, don't get me wrong, but I think it's going to be as important what happens on Thursday uh, for the future of this program as that national championship was. I, I think that you're going to be able to recruit off of that. Uh, you're going to be able to draw guys in off of that. Um, you know, that it should change a lot of narratives, especially where defensive line is concerned. I mean, Georgia, it's been a, it's been a while since uh, they've had a, a guy taken from the defensive line period and uh, you know, uh, it, it, high in the draft, first round guy, um, you know, all credit due to Trey Scott. I, I think it's going to be uh, a, a big, a big program changer on Thursday. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I think that it's an opportunity to build some momentum, uh, you know, and, and kind of a celebrate what has happened with this program and B celebrate what can happen with this program. Like you said, uh, you know, these guys, in recruiting their goal, you know, they always say for the next three to four years, well, that three years means that they're out early headed to the NFL. So that's on their mind as a recruit. Uh, and so, you know, Georgia, you know, being the team of this draft, uh, you know, potentially having the most players picked, uh, you know, a chance to, you know, put up a very high number. Um, you know, I don't know that they're going to hit the 14 number that, that would be the all-time record, but I'd certainly think that they're going to hit 10, which would surpass uh, the nine that they had drafted last year for the most players picked in a seven-round uh, draft in program history. So I think, like you said, Roos, I think this is an opportunity to uh, you know build some momentum, celebrate what these guys have done, and and personally, I mean, I think this is also a fun time for us as as you know fans of NFL teams because we can't really be fans. Uh, per se of of this this college team uh you know we are covering it so you know we have to have a little bit of journalistic integrity and such but you know as fans of nfl teams i would love to see some of these georgia players uh you know joining my team i i, I i'm not gonna wish that uh it, that they have to join the falcons i don't want to see that for anybody <laughs> that's I mean, as much yeah. as I love the Falcons, I that's, that I, I don't want to doom them to the mediocrity that uh, is the Falcons right now. I'd add them to my uh, prayer request list for sure if they got drafted by the Falcons, <laughs> sure. even though there is that conspiracy theory that the Falcons just don't want to draft Georgia for whatever reason. Um, I think 
The Falcons just need to take whoever the best players are any given year. And I think that's the most frustrating thing is a lot of years, there's been a lot of Georgia players that have been the best players. And that's really what it boils down to. It's not about, oh, the Falcons don't want to draft Georgia guys. Like That, that makes no sense. But it's the kind of outthinking the room, trying to be the smartest guy in the room that takes you out of, it takes yourself out of contention to draft a Georgia guy or an SEC guy. And I think we've seen that happen year in and year out. So hopefully the new leadership um, can take advantage of that in you know, better ways than they have before. And hopefully that means more success for some dogs in Atlanta. Uh, so the record for first round draft picks is three for Georgia all time. Uh, and that was in twenty nine or 2018. Roquan going eight overall to the Bears. Isaiah Wynn going 23rd to the Patriots. And Sony Michelle going 31st to the Pats as well. And I was at Nick Chubb's draft party that year. And that was, that was kind of awkward to sit there with Chubb on night one. He was kind of teetering because of his injury history uh, and not going ultimately and seeing two of his best friends, not that Roquan's not his guy, but Wynn and Sony were like his roommates and his buddies, and he had to sit and watch them go and not get picked. And it seems like there's some sort of, I don't want to call it hype because it's its negative, but it seems like there's some buzz that this could also be the case for N'Kobe Dean this year, that he could potentially be the guy watching three other dogs go in the first round. Um, and if that happens, then you know Georgia won't shatter that first round draft pick record I think if NFL teams know what they're doing we should see four dogs go in the first round and break that Georgia record what is your gut telling you guys that is going to happen on draft night round one I, I think I think that they'll hit that number and uh, I don't know if it'll be N'Kobe Dean uh, that rounds it out for him I mean you know, there's a lot of hype building and has been around Quay Walker. I mean, uh, you know, there's my draft. And Lewis Seen. I mean, yeah, it's, and, and Lewis. there's so many guys that are on the fringe right now. Right, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys, I think, on that back end, you know, and at that point you're talking about, you know, the premier teams in the league. Well, you know, teams like the Pats love Georgia players. Uh, you know, they've, they've kind of made a point to go out and, and stock their roster with those guys. And so I think that you'll see that trend kind of continue. I, I agree with you completely, though, Wes. It, teams that know what they're doing, uh, I, I don't understand passing on the Kobe Dean. I think that all you got to do is turn on the tape, watch the kid play. Uh, yeah, he may not run the fastest 40 or uh, blow you away with his size, but uh, you know, there's no, there's no denying that kid's a hell of a ball player. Just watch the Michigan game. When, when his team needed to win after their most disappointing performance of the year, and you could say that they had the most pressure on them to perform, who performed the greatest? I know Darian Kendrick got the defensive MVP, but if you go back and watch N'Kobe Dean, he was a missile with legs. <laughs> he was just all over the place. Well, and help Georgia and, win the game. And for me, it's that the moment that, that really stands out about Nakobe was the national championship and him just absolutely tearing into Channing Tindall for being out of position and almost giving up a touchdown. That spoke to me to the kind of leader that kid is, the kind of teammate that kid is. You know, he's not afraid to step up and speak out when he needs to. He backs it up with his play, but he's also going to be a great locker room guy, going to represent a franchise the right way. Uh, you know, I. 
I, I don't want the Falcons. I don't want to doom, doom him to the Falcons, but I'd sure love to see him uh, play for the, the Dirty Birds. Be awesome. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I completely agree with what you said there. Um, you know, that it, I do think Georgia has four guys picked. I do think it's going to be N'Kobe Dean. But if N'Kobe Dean slips out, well, it's those guys that are on the fringe of being first-round picks that could be the benefit of that. Um, you know, like we said, Quay Walker, Lewis Seen, those guys – uh, you know, if a team wants to take a flyer on George Pickens in the first round, uh, that wouldn't surprise me all too much. Um, you know, I haven't really seen it mocked that way, but at, at least, you know, since his injury, but pre-injury, uh, you know, folks were talking about him as the best wide receiver in college football. And so um, I do I do think Georgia gets it. I think it's going to be N'Kobe um, because, like we said, you turn on the tape, he was the best player on the best defensive team uh, you know, the one of the best defensive units of the last decade. I mean, you know, probably probably the best defensive unit of the last decade. The only team that, you know, you're really talking – the last team that you're talking about them with is that 2011 Alabama team, uh, also led by Kirby Smart. And so, you know, I, I think that um, – I think that Georgia does get it. Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting to have seen – uh, you know, Devontae Wyatt go from the player that he was pre-2021 to being pretty much locked in at a first-round pick. Uh, you know, I think I think his performance at the uh, Senior Bowl helped. Uh, at least that week he didn't play in the game due to injury. Um, you know, the combine obviously helped too. Uh, Jordan Davis, there were questions about him and whether he was, you know, going to be durable enough, uh, you know, be, be able to stay on the field long enough. Uh, you know, had, had good enough conditioning. Well, he's, you know, seemingly locked in at a first round pick. And, and obviously the storyline of the first round for Georgia, uh, if it's not that four guys going, it's, it's, is Trayvon Walker going to be the first pick? Um, and, and, you know, the, the draft, uh, odds say so. Um, I'm interested to see it. Um, because I do think it's, it's a situation of, are these NFL teams evaluating what you did on the field? Uh, you know, at, at least stat-wise, or are they evaluating the the potential? Um, you know, I think that the the stats speak for Nicobe. Uh The potential speaks for Trayvon. Uh, and so, you know, for Georgia's sake, I think that they're hoping that teams pick and choose uh, where they want to apply potential and uh, performance. It's funny to see all the uh, draft experts now leading up to the draft start to send out tweets like, hey, after doing a lot of research, I'm starting to realize Trayvon Walker really is worthy of a number one overall draft pick. And I can't come down too hard on them uh, because they're not watching the team like we are. But I think people that pay attention to Georgia football, pay attention to SEC football, they've known for a long time. It's not about the stat line with really with any of Georgia's defensive players because of how deep the defense is because of the way it rotates and I don't have to be covering Georgia I don't have to be a Georgia affiliated guy I'm not you know carrying these guys water it's just common sense the reps that they get at the different positions that they get you're not going to put up numbers like Aiden Hutchinson regardless of how talented you are but if you've watched Trayvon Walker you want to talk about a play in the national championship, one of, I think, Bama's longest gains of the day, Trayvon Walker is the guy that makes the tackle chasing down an Alabama skill player. You know, he's out uh, in Jacksonville where he could end up professionally throwing gators around like they're middle school players. You know, not just 
skill guys, like offensive linemen, tight ends. He is. Well, and let's not forget freak. the fact. Let's not forget the fact that he dropped back into pass coverage in that game and deflected Tipped a pass yep. to Nolan Smith. I mean, it, yeah. his tape speaks for itself. I, I really don't have anything else to say other than it's not going to surprise me. It's not a Twitter hot take. Not going to shock me one bit if the Jags take him number one. No, and, uh, you know, I think that to some degree it is projection. Uh, you know, I think that you're betting on uh, the elite skill set because, like you said, I mean, it, the defense is deep. Trayvon didn't have just the greatest numbers, but from a pure athleticism standpoint, uh, there's probably nobody I'd rather bet on in this in this draft. I mean, he's got every upside in the world when it comes to, uh, you know, what he's able to do, what he's capable of doing. And, uh, you know, when you fully unleash that, uh, I think that can be really scary. Uh, before we take a quick break, um, talking about all the first round guys, who do you feel like has the best NFL career out of this Georgia draft class, regardless of where they go, regardless of which round they go? It doesn't matter if they fall or don't fall. Uh, who do you think has the best longevity? Uh, maybe ends up in Canton if we're going to, really go crazy and swing for the fences here. Uh, which skill set do you think translates the best to the NFL? I'm going to go with the – I've well, got two I, in I, mind, so I'm going to see if Roos – which one Roos takes. Well, I'm going to go with a guy that I projected in, in high school to have a great NFL career, uh, and that's Jamari Sawyer. I just think that Jamari is a 10-year guy in the NFL. I think that he's a slam dunk. He'll be, uh, like I said, all the things I said about Nicobe, great representative. But I think once he finds his position, whether that be a tackle, whether that's an interior guy finally uh, you know, playing there, I, I I'm not really worried about it. I think Jamari is going to have great longevity in the NFL. I think that he's just going to be kind of a Mr. Consistency type guy. So um, I, I, he's the guy I'd put my bets on. Um, and I, I got to tell you, I'm a big fan of uh, Channing Tindall's upside too. I think that he's got a real shot to be an impact player at the next level too. So Channing was one of my two. Um, I, I absolutely think that his skill set translates over to the NFL. Uh, you know, the, the way that this game is played, uh, you have to be able to play out in space. You have to be able to, you know, chase around these very fast players offensively. Uh, and, and so, you know, Channing, I think, maybe has the potential to be the best of those three inside linebackers. Probably going to be drafted the lowest of the three. Uh, but I think he has the potential to be the best of the three. Uh, you know, always an exciting player. Getting to the ball. Uh, you know, getting after the quarterback. Um, you know, a, a great personality too. Um, I think that speaks volumes about him and, and, you know, the, the life that he brings to the locker room, the life that he brings to his position group. Um, so Channing is absolutely up there for me. The other one is, is George Pickens. Um, because I think that, you know, I think as I wrote today, uh, you know, the day that we're recording this, I, I still just think that, there was so much that we didn't see from George Pickens during his collegiate career because of how it was hampered. You know, he came in as a freshman, wasn't an early enrollee, uh, you know, made an impact that year, uh, but it took him some time. It, it, it took him some time to, to come along and to get comfortable, uh, and, and he blew up in that, in that Sugar Bowl performance against Baylor. Uh, 2020, you know, comes in with huge expectations. The first receiver in, in quite some time to return as Georgia's leading receiver 
and, and obviously the COVID offseason, no spring practice, new offensive coordinator, quarterback struggles, injury struggles. We never got to see the full potential of George Pickens in 2020. Uh, we saw highlights of it. You know, the, those last two games putting up 126 yards against Missouri and 135 against uh, against Cincinnati. You know, obviously those those two plays, uh, those two games were, were big in terms of his highlights. Um, you know, had t- two great touchdowns against Missouri. Uh, you know, an incredible diving catch against Cincinnati. Another touchdown in that game. Um Again, the expectations were super high. A second year in the offense, working with a quarterback that that is beneficial to his playing style in JT Daniels. Those two really meshed well in those last four games last in, in 2021 or in 2020, uh, which created these expectations of him being potentially the best wide receiver in college football in 2021. And obviously uh, the, the torn ACL during spring practice. So I think we never got to see the full potential of George Pickens uh, at Georgia. And, and I think that that is certainly something that we can see in the NFL because we've seen that he's, you know, back to his, his full self. We saw the diving catch in the national championship, the same kind of plays he was making before the injury. Uh, we saw him run at the combine. I think that Chan- that Channing Tindall and George Pickens have the potential to be the, the best player in this draft class for Georgia. Uh, yeah, for everything you just said, Palmer, Pickens is one of my two guys. If we're making two picks, um, I, th- I think just the lack of contact he has coming out of college puts a little more tread on his tires because of the COVID year, because of his limited participation in his third season, uh, but also how physical he is. The highlight reels of him shoving guys off the line, Obviously, he did what he did at Georgia Tech. That tape is going to follow him everywhere he goes. I don't think it's ultimately going to haunt him too much because he has grown up a little bit since then, it seems like. He's letting his play do the talking instead of the end zone wall at Bobby Dodd Stadium. So I'm going to take Pickens as one of my two guys. I really feel like he is uh, recovered. He's got the skill set. He gets open. He doesn't have to run crazy route patterns and do crazy footwork like a lot of other skill receivers do coming out of the draft. He just gets open. He just burns people. So I think that'll serve him very well. And I also think Devontae Wyatt is a guy that picked up a lot of steam. His stock increased a lot through the Senior Bowl. Uh, But just how versatile he is. I spoke with uh, Chuck Smith, Dr. Pass Rush, and he was working with Wyatt and Jordan Davis uh, around the Senior Bowl. Wyatt hurt his ankle so he couldn't finish, but it won't uh, hamper him. As you could tell at the Combine, he's just fine now. So the fact that he's working on his pass rush, Chuck Smith feels like his pass rush is going to develop, continue to get better. He hasn't even scratched the surface of how good of a pass rusher he can be yet. Um, I think that, plus what we saw at Georgia, um, just his all-around skill set on the D-line will uh, serve Devontae Wyatt pretty well also. All right, uh, we will take a quick break, get to some interesting NFL draft trivia, uh, courtesy of the great Claude Felton on the other end of this break, and uh, talk about some other news and notes on the Georgia Bulldogs front to sum up this week's episode of Dog Walk Talk. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Dog Walk Talk Draft Week. As we were previously discussing, I want to run through some Georgia draft trivia with Jake and Palmer really quick and see if you guys have any idea of some of the things I'm about to ask you. 
If you do, I'm going to be impressed. That's all I can say. I don't have any prizes to give you. I have, I have nothing to offer. I just want to see if you guys can guess and educate and entertain the audience as well. So first question I'm going to ask you guys, which NFL franchise has drafted the most Georgia Bulldogs? I'll let you take it, Roos, because I think I might know the answer because I got the same information that you did, Wes, and I scrolled through it briefly. Uh, so I'll, I'll let Roos take it and then oh, see so if Palmer's my guess cheating. is correct. Well, Claude Felton hooked us up with this. So Palmer's cheating. With his draft um, intel. We, <laughs> um, all right, so I, my guess is the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I, I just feel like they had a big run in those in the mid two thousands. I mean, I think of like Odell Thurman was drafted by them, David Pollock in that draft, AJ Green was picked by them. They seemed like they were really focused on the dogs there for a little while. Got uh, I think um, uh, Cordy Glenn was there at, at one point, uh, or one of the linemen for sure. Um, so I, I, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Bengals for my pick. All right, Palmer, what's your guess? So, or your answer since you already I'm gonna looked. go the. So I, I didn't count it. I, I saw <laughs> I saw which team had a lot of players listed, um, and and the one that stood out to me as the most was the Cardinals, uh, wherever they have been over the years. Obviously, they're they're now in Arizona. But what stood out to me was Arizona slash, I think, Phoenix slash, slash, you know, whatever. Uh, so the Cardinals are my guess, but I don't know that that's wow. correct. Wow, so Palmer's the guy that got the answers to the test, got to bring in the note card with every answer <laughs> written in the smallest handwriting he could find, and he still got it wrong. Hey, I'm not looking at it as I answered this. <laughs> I could. I could pull right. it up. So it's but actually a tie. And neither one of you guys got it right. I'm counting to make sure. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. All right, it's a tie between the Chicago Bears and the Philadelphia Eagles. Both have 21 drafted in their history, uh, dating back to 1944 for the Bears and for the Eagles... Dating back to 1943, Lamar Racehorse Davis was the first pick for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, to start their run of Georgia greatness. And the Bears' first pick in 44 was Jim Fordham. It's great to see the positions that are listed by these guys. Like, you know, now we know what wide receiver WR means, ILB is inside linebacker. Jim Fordham and Racehorse are both just listed as B for back. They could just they could do it all. <laughs> all right. Uh, who was the most, who was the most recent player taken by the Eagles? Because I know the the most recent uh, Bears player was Riley Ridley. Uh, let's see. Do you know who it was? For for all of them that have been picked, it's interesting how long it's been. It's been ten years. It was Brandon Boykin in twenty twelve. All the Falcons fans are going to think that Atlanta has picked the fewest amount of Georgia Bulldogs. What are y'all's guesses for who's taken the least amount? Mm. Can I say the Houston Texans? Because I feel like they're just a new franchise, and I feel like that's probably why. That's a good guess. All right, Palmer, what you got? 
So I'm I'm gonna admit I as I was scrolling through this one I do think I know the answer unless one team has only taken one uh, it would be the Raiders. All right, so you're right about the team. You weren't right about the number. That's okay. Just two two guys. Right, taking right. One. I was saying unless a team had taken oh just unless one. they've taken one yeah okay. All right, you did pay attention to that one. Uh, our guy Matt Stinchcomb. Uh, and Quentin Moses, R.I.P.Q. Uh, okay, so yep, it was the Raiders, man. Just two. I was surprised to see that the Ravens only took three, and Ben Cleveland was the third. So before that, uh, they were tied with the Raiders. All right, so wow. just some interesting, useless. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. We do have one franchise that is no longer in existence. The Boston slash New York Yanks. Wrap your mind around that one. <laughs> so the Boston and, Yanks. And, and Roos, I will give you the credit The New York here. Bulldogs. I'll give you half credit for your Texans guess because the Texans have only picked one Georgia player. Uh, the, they are also counting the Oilers picks uh, from 1988, 77, and 70 to the Texans. But as a Titans fan... That's a good catch. That's a good catch, Jake. uh, Those three picks should go to the Titans history, uh, in my opinion. I agree with you. I agree with you completely. That's why I went with the Texans, because I feel like that's a completely new start. All right, so I guess Jake is technically correct. Because it, and and interestingly, the Titans have only taken four Georgia players. Uh, because if we're talking relatively new organizations, they're relatively new, uh, being started in the late 1990s. Uh, but they you know, went from the start of their organization to 2010 without taking one. Uh, latest being Monty Rice. Uh, before that, Isaiah Wilson, who did not work out all too well for the Titans. DeAndre Walker and Rennie Curran. Tighten up. Ben Jones wasn't drafted by the Titans? Who? Ben Jones. Was drafted by your Houston Texan. By the uh, only yeah. Houston Texan to be picked as we come full circle. Ah, wow. wow. Now plays for the Titans. That's right. Okay. Uh, he's an oiler in his blood. All right, guys. Uh, interesting stuff. I, I am very fascinated every year with the history of teams picking dogs in the legacy because like you mentioned Jake the Bengals for a while it seemed like Georgia was just sending guys to the Bengals is all they did and recently the Patriots have taken a lot of dogs so um something you know franchises and Giants too you're right like I think like GMs just start to and coaches put their heads together they start to identify programs that they can trust and that produce a certain quality and caliber of guy. And I think, you know, Kirby definitely understands the NFL uh, vibe, you know, with Todd Munkin running the show, there's a NFL influence there as well um, of just the expectation of how Georgia runs. And I I think a lot of scouts at pro day uh, could feel those vibes too. I mean, I think there were multiple scouts or at least, you know, NFL insiders, NFL, um, staff members uh, that reflect on Georgia. They see what Kirby's doing, and and they see that guys are ready to play in the league when they leave Athens. Um, all right, one more, one more set of questions here. All right, so we know that the number of 
Georgia players all time taken in the first round. That record is nine last season. Uh, or, or overall, not in the first round. Um, so nine overall in 2021. Three in the first round is the record. But here's one I want y'all to think about. The most players taken through the first four rounds of the NFL draft. So these are these are your guys that are going to be looked at, even if they're not first-round talents, many of them may be looked at as early contributors in their career, okay? So which year do you think had the most dogs taken through the first four rounds of the NFL draft? And I'll tell you, it is a three-way tie. So you can name any one of these three years. I want to see if y'all have been paying attention to your NFL products coming out of Athens. Mm, that's tough. That's that's real tough. Um, I mean, I, I would kind of lean toward the the one that had the three first round picks. That that would that seems to make sense to me. That you would have the most players in the first four yeah, rounds. Yeah, you think there wouldn't that, be too much ground to gain after that, right? Right, right. I would think so. I'm going to say, so, and, and that was coming off of the national championship game and the SEC championship. I'm going to say 2021 as one of those three because I remember a run on players in the third round, uh, Georgia getting several players picked then. I don't know that for sure, but I remember Trey McKitty being picked there, Ben Cleveland being picked there. Uh, Monty Rice maybe being in that area as well. Aziz Ojolari was a you know second, third round pick. I'm going to go 2021 as my guess. All right. Palmer is correct once again, Roos. Um, well, if I'd looked at the answers, I could have probably told you all of this. Hey, I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that one for sure. <laughs> so the other years uh, in, that, in that run, you're right. There were three guys taken in the third round um, in 2021. Palmer. Uh, Jake, you weren't far off. 2018 had five, okay? But the record is six, so technically fourth place. The other two years that I thought might surprise y'all, or maybe not surprise you once you hear it, but 2005 was when Thomas Davis went in the first round, Pollock went in the first round uh, to the Bengals, Reggie Brown went in the second round to the Eagles, to the Eagles. Odell Thurman went in the second round Bengals. to the Bengals. David Green went in the third round. I think that might surprise some people looking back that Green went in the third round um, to the Seahawks. And Fred Gibson, fourth Steelers. round to the Steelers. Uh, all right, and then the other one, which I, I think this is kind of a testament to how well Georgia has been recruiting for a long time. Um, not just Rick, not just Kirby, but in 2001, before Mark Rick even coached a game at Georgia, Richard Seymour went first, uh, uh, six overall to the Patriots. Marcus Stroud went in the first round, 13th Jaguars. overall to the Jags. Kendrell Bell, second round to the Steelers. Steelers. Quincy Carter went to the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys in the second round. Jonas Jennings, uh, third round. 
to the Buffalo Bills. And Jamie Henderson went fourth round to the Jets. So, I mean, look at that. That's that's uh, Donnan putting a lot of guys in the league. Richt putting a lot of guys in the league. Kirby's already put a lot of guys in the league in individual drafts. And I think Kirby's going to break his own record <laughs> in 2022. Safe to say. All right, um, I got I got one more trivia question for you. All right, all right, Palmer, this, take this it away. Is one that I looked up. Uh, how many players have been picked as Mister Irrelevant from Georgia? Last pick in the draft, Mister Irrelevant. Obviously, take crowd. I only know one. of I only know of one. There's another one. So, can, can you name him? Who? Tell me the t- what, which what team was it? Forty ers it wasn't uh no. it wasn't Charlie Warner. No. He went in the sixth round. What year? Nineteen eighty five. Jesus Christ, of course not. I wasn't even alive. <laughs> <laughs> Donald uh, Chumley. I, I just looked it up. No, I never would have guessed Donald I never would have guessed Chum. <laughs> Old Donald Chumley, eh? <laughs> Shout out to Tay Crowder though He's made the most of it for sure Dude He may be the best Mr. Irrelevant ever yeah, He's got a real He's got a real claim to it for sure No question Looking at these Mr. Irrelevants There's some names in here though Chad Kelly was a Mr. Irrelevant Wasn't Suckup Suckup was I mean I don't know I, Off the top of my head though I can't really think of Anyone that's made an impact right away like uh, Crowder did. Suckup had a, has had a decent career. Are there are a lot of... Uh, not as many kickers as I would think. You'd think of, of that position as being a kicker spot, but I guess GMs sure. don't draft like we draft in fantasy football. <laughs> yeah. Or they just sign kickers as free agents. Interesting stuff. Well, if you can't tell, I'm fired up about the draft. Uh, can't wait to see who adds to Georgia's list of uh, draft picks and see if uh, some of these teams add to their thin numbers of Georgia draft picks. The Titans, the Texans. What are you doing, man? Raiders, Ravens. All right, let's wrap up really quick, guys. Uh, other thoughts surrounding Georgia this week. Uh, commitment, Bruce, after... Uh, yeah. <laughs> After another commitment to Notre Dame and decommitment on G Day, uh, what do we need to know about Justin Rett? Yeah, uh, really interesting, man. Came together faster than I would have uh, guessed that it would have. Um, you know, I, I thought that he was going to maybe take this thing a little bit further. Uh, you know, maybe even into next week, possibly. Um, but uh, goes ahead and pulls the trigger on Monday. Uh, big pickup for Georgia, no question about it. Uh, four-star guy. And um, what's really interesting to me about Justin Rett is we haven't gotten a lot of clarity on guys that Fran Brown has been super high on just yet. I think that they've been doing their due diligence on a lot of these guys, uh, want to bring guys in for evaluations over the summer, uh, do some in-person workouts. Justin Rett, not a guy that they needed really to do that with. Uh, they really like what they have in him um, and, and liked his skill set. Pretty huge. Uh, you get one official visitor so far in the 2023 class, 
and uh, you get him to decommit from his current school uh, and flip over to you, you know, a week, just over a week later. So uh, a real testament to Fran Brown. Uh, great start for him. No question, no question about that. And uh, really looking forward to, to seeing where he can go from here, because uh, if you go read the breakdown piece I did over at Dogs HQ, a uh, lot of meat still left on the bone where cornerback is concerned. A lot of, lot of high targets uh, still looking at the dogs heavily. Awesome. Yeah, awesome stuff on Rhett, too. Um, fun fun recruitment, it seems like, for Fran Brown and uh, just a huge, huge addition to the dogs class. Palmer, uh, time on Mitchell in the transfer portal right after G-Day. Uh, what do we know about that? What do you expect the fallout to be uh with some shuffling there Uh, obviously you know helps the dog scholarship numbers out a little bit yeah it it certainly does help out the scholarship numbers a little bit uh but it doesn't help the depth on that defensive line A, a position group that was already uh you know is is in huge need of depth anyway because of how much they rotate uh we saw that last year and and guys they're in need of guys to step up into bigger roles on that defensive line because of what we're going to see on Thursday night uh with with you know three defensive linemen probably going in the first round uh you know you're going to see these guys that were role players uh you know providing depth last season stepping into the role of you know the starters, the, the the top tier guys, and so that just means that the guys behind them last year are going to have to continue to emerge up the rise up the depth chart. And so, Time and Mitchell was gonna be one of those guys that was you know fighting for some playing time, uh, you know fighting to rise up the depth chart. Um, you know, hasn't had the best start to his career in Athens, uh, but had the potential to make an impact. Uh, it looks like he'll go do that elsewhere now, and Georgia will be relying more heavily on, on some of these other guys. Uh, you know, th- they're going to be looking at Jonathan Jefferson at, for help, uh, Bill Norton for help. Two, those guys have been on campus um, Obviously, we've seen what Tyrion Ingram Dawkins did at G-Day and what Tromel Wellthauer is capable of doing. Uh, you know, Nazir Stackhouse, Zion Logue, Warren Brinson, Jalen Carter, that's the interior of your defensive line. So those six guys are probably your, your top two lines, uh, but you're also going to be needing some help from guys like you know, like I said, with Jefferson, with Norton, uh, you're going to be looking at some of these younger guys like Michael Williams, Bear Alexander, Sean Washington, uh, Kristen Miller as well for some help. So, uh, you know, not the biggest loss to the transfer portal, uh, but it definitely doesn't help with depth at a position that's, that's already, uh, you know, going to be looked at uh, as maybe a little bit thin because of what they're losing uh, this season to the draft. Well, if Mike White has learned anything and Kirby Smart can learn the same thing, the transfer portal works both ways. So those scholarship numbers thin out a little bit more. Uh, Georgia might be able to get some help as well at some key positions uh, where they do have depth issues for sure uh, this offseason. All right, guys, I think we've talked enough this week. Uh, Just excited about the draft. Can't wait to see – you know, which guys check back in 15 years uh, when we're still doing this podcast to see which guys have had the best NFL careers, whether it's George Pickens, Devontae Wyatt, Channing Tindall, uh, or none of the above. Jamari Sawyer, maybe it's Jordan Davis. 
you know, maybe we're overthinking it. Maybe it's uh, Trevon Walker. We'll see. If you don't already sign up to Dogs HQ, if you're not already a subscriber, go ahead and sign up over at dogshq.com. We got a free seven day trial going for you for more uh, premium insight into Georgia's recruiting class, into uh, news going on with the current group of Georgia Bulldogs. Definitely invite you to check that out and tell your friends about us as well. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the draft. We will catch you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.